0: 14th, 2020, and certainly we thank and praise God for His goodness and His grace. Thank you for listening, tuning in to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live, and we just want to encourage you this morning that we're looking for a word from the Lord. I believe that it's in our heart. And I hope it's in your heart. It's certainly in my heart. We need a word from the Lord. We need to hear from heaven. You know, we don't need my opinion. Don't need your opinion. We need to hear the word of God. You know, and any word that, every word that He sends should, uh, whether it comes from uh, the minister or angel uh, from heaven. Uh, should line up with the written word of God. I believe it was Paul that said, if an angel come from heaven with any other doctrine, let him be a curse. There's no other word. There's no specialty word that comes unless it is backed up by the scripture, unless it's backed up by the word of God. Uh, Again, this is Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, And we are inside the pages of the book of Acts. And on Tuesdays, the book of Ezekiel. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. And on Tuesdays, a comprehensive Bible study begins at 7 p.m. If you've missed uh, any part of a message, please visit ConnectingTruth.org and click God on Demand. It will take you to the message archive. Listen. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I am faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus name. Amen. And so if you believe the word of God, like we do, you're going to be faithful to God. You're going to be committed to him. You're going to, you know, we make vows. Uh, We shouldn't Break our vows that we make unto the Lord, just like we shouldn't make break our wedding vows. We should not break our vows that we commit to when we sign a contract for uh, loans and different things, you know, uh, monetary, uh, economical uh, values. Uh, we should keep our word to the best of our ability. Uh, you know, certainly we can keep them in a relationship. Uh, it's only our pride or whatever that gets that we allow to get in the way. You can say, "Well, it was the money that I got in the way," but that's something that you're supposed to work through together, you know, for better or for worse. And with God, there is no—he uh, doesn't look at us and say, "Well, you know, you gained a little weight, so so I don't want you no more," or "You lost your job, and you know, so you're no good, you're no value to me." Uh, you know, God keeps His word; He's a promise keeper, and we can be just like Him—a promise keeper—and so we're faithful unto the Lord, because the Lord is faithful to us. Now I'm thrilled about the power of God. He is the savior. And I'm a witness to that, uh, that Jesus saves. And I, 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 I know that, that you, if you understand that, uh, that you're glad to be part of the tabernacle of witness. You know, I'm, I was thinking about that. And if you've been following along uh, in the Bible studies throughout the, uh, uh, throughout the weeks, You know, the tabernacle of witness means that I have had an experience with the Lord. If you had an experience with the Lord, that's something to rejoice about this morning. You know, we certainly don't seek God for experiences as as some do. Uh, You know, when I say experiences, I mean that they go to church, uh, they feel a quickening. And, you know, that quickening means that to them means they're in touch with God and everything is a okay. And, you know, I, I... the organ hit a few notes, and we was able to to jump up and clap our hands and run around the sanctuary and do cartwheels and you know jump a few pews and you know that sort of thing. I, I'm not talking about that uh, type of uh, uh, seeking God and experience, but I'm talking about God being active in our lives when when we're dealing with the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, God active in our lives and showing Himself mighty and showing Himself strong. You know, we're part of the tabernacle of witness, a place of God's presence, a place of his covenant and his divine intervention. Aren't you glad this morning that to be in his presence and to be part of his covenant and part of the divine intervention? Maybe you hadn't thought about that, but, but now that it has been mentioned, think about it. You know, God is present. God is present in your life and his covenant, his promises are present and his divine intervention is present as well. And so, you know, they were in the wilderness and we're in a concrete, you know, we're in a cement jungle. And just as they needed God, then we need him now. And we need a word from the Lord. And so we're gonna go into the book of Acts. But before we go into the book of Acts, you know, I thank God because my my oldest son is here. He uh, traveled down to spend some time over the weekend, and so certainly appreciate uh, him taking time out of his schedule and making such a commute uh, from the Bay Area. And so uh, thank God for him. And so I'm going to ask uh, Brother Henderson to come and just have some uh, words of expressions and say hello to everyone, you know. And so thank God for for him and his heart desire, you know, and how he is seeking the Lord. And, and at this time, he's going to say hello.
1: Lord, I just wanted to encourage everyone that's listening in, uh, just to continue to, to seek God in your home in this this time in this pandemic. Um, you know, stay safe and uh, you know, just listening. This is the true. There's um, it's not sugar coated. You know, God's word is is what what Pastor Henderson is delivering. Surely is not sugar coated. Um, is the true unadulterated word of god and um, you know, I, I've been to different churches not just saying because he's my father but you know i've been to different churches and listen to different preachers and certainly it's what he's preaching is one of the kind um, if you want to support the church you know, uh, just feel free to send an offering um, to help you know support the church that's how we're able to uh, you know listen for you guys to listen to cornerstone online and you know certainly helps to keep the lights on at the church um but be encouraged i do want to really challenge everyone to to you know pray every day um the bible says to pray without ceasing so i i myself pray every morning whether i'm on my way to work or when i first get up on my lunch break um on my before i before i go into the building way. But
0: yeah, just stay encouraged and guys have a great day. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those those words, those remarks, and encouragement. And I, I totally agree. We have to spend some time in praying and seeking God and staying connected to Him. Amen. And, and so again, just grateful. You know, I, I the Lord has blessed me with four, four children. That's two. Well, I, I say six because I have two grandsons but uh, two sons and two daughters and, and grandsons that, you know, everyone is, is God has blessed them to, to be mindful of him and to seek him and to know, you know, God in Himself. But uh, I'll give this testimony because there was a time in my life that I was not interested in going to church. You know, I really made up in my heart that I was not going to return to go to church you know, people and, and I'm very transparent about things. And uh, and so, you know, they there's a saying that there's no hurt like church hurt. And so there were some things that was encountered as a young person, as a young man uh, in the church. And so I said, you know, I just was having such a difficult struggle. But my children were going to Sunday school. They were going to church and they would request prayer for me. Often they would raise their hand up and, and, and pray for my dad. And during that time of their prayer and God was getting through to me, you know, I didn't want anybody to know how stirred up my mind was, you know, and uh, but God heard their prayers. And I don't think they, they knew that at that young age of four or five years old, that, that God was hearing their prayer. Not only did he uh, stir my mind up and draw me into the church but became the Brotherhood president, became the assistant head deacon, became associate minister, and now in the pastoralship. And, you know, it's all by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God and nothing else. I wasn't testifying or, or trying to uh, get a position in God. I don't believe in that. Uh, but God certainly has blessed my life and God will bless your life as well. I think the greatest thing that there is is just to serve the Lord and for the ministers that are listening I want you to understand we're we're servants. You might have a position or a title but you are a servant. You know the shepherd is a servant to the sheep. And so we are to make sure that the sheep are well maintained, taken care of and and fit uh, you know so that so that when it's time for the fleecing uh, their their wool would be okay not full of ticks and thorns or diseased uh, or anything like that so it is a a job and so uh, look we're going to go into the word of god and you know my heart is happy this morning and I, i'm uh, thinking about the greatness of god and i, I look forward to standing in god's presence and, and so not nope i'm not planning to leave here tomorrow i'm just saying I'm, i look forward to standing in the presence of the lord and you should have that hope as well, in spite of whatever is going on around you, whatever is going on with you. Uh, you know, um, man, I wanna encourage the men to get your physicals, do what you need to do to make sure that your health is, is in place, you know, be proactive, uh, don't put a burden on your family or your children or anyone you know. Uh, Take out and have your life insurance together, have your will together. You know, just take the time and just do those little things. It don't mean that you're going anywhere tomorrow. It just means that you have uh, things in order. You can have faith. Listen, there was a prophet in the Bible who had faith. Uh, The Bible said that he was a prophet. It recognized him as a prophet, a man of God. And he died and left his wife a widow and, and left her without anything, Uh, You know, and so we don't we can look at that and say, man, you know, that's not something I should do. So be proactive, get a physical, you know, do what you need to do to, you know. Yes, you're going to be they're going to invade your privacy, uh, but so be it so that you can know what's wrong. Then you know what to pray about. You know what actions you need to take in different things to govern your life and to have a, a better and a healthier life. And so uh, we're going, as I said, into the book of Acts. And just thank God for you again, for, for your listening and those that will hear this message later. The book of Acts, the seventh chapter. Um, I'm, run, I'm short of time here, but the seventh chapter, uh, beginning at the 51st verse through the uh, verse uh, 54. This is Deacon Stephen who is still exhorting and expressing um, to the those that are Have him up on trial for something that he did not do. And so the Bible says that in the 51st verse that he says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just One?" Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, wow, who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. It impacted them greatly. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. They were, you know, you look at this and you see that when you look at the history of Israel and how they felt about this physical building, the temple that had already been destroyed and rebuilt uh, several times, uh, you know, it, you have to stand back and, and really um, think about what's going on here. They had so much pride in what their forefathers did and what they had established, which was not sanctioned by God. The, the court, the people that were that had Deacon Stephen on trial was not sanctioned by God. Uh, they had a little voice that the Roman Empire had given them. And, you know, the listen, uh, during these turbulent times that we're in, you know, the government may give you a little voice to satisfy you. But that's not the end. That's not the solution, because you have a little voice. That's only the beginning of a process. But God has to open that door in order to give more of a voice in order to bring about the proper balance. When there is an imbalance, it's an abomination unto the Lord. Uh, White, black, no matter who, uh, yellow, brown, it it has to be a balance in order for it to be acceptable unto God or it is an abomination. And so they had given the religious leaders of that day and time that had established all these different sects uh, uh, prior to and during the Maccabean uh, revolt, you know, they had established some things that God did not sanction. It was out of the will of God during the time of the uh, the years that that the prophecies were not going forth. And, uh, you know, the, the God had uh, Listen, There's a time that God will step back and not send a word. So uh, someone that always have a word every day, they're hearing from God. I would quietly dismiss myself, uh, you know, because. Uh, God is not does not do all of that talking that people claim that he does you know and uh, I'm sorry but I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying but uh, but no it, that's not true uh, we to depend upon the word of God and when he speaks uh, we'll know he spoke you know and but it's not a every day continual as if they on a phone call with God all day long and he's talking with them all day long That's not. Uh, Anyway, let me go. on. Listen, they were legend in their own mind. Uh, If you're going to impress anyone, listen, you don't want to be a legend in your own mind. But if you're going to if you're going to impress, don't impress yourself, impress God. And so uh, when we impress God, impress means to excite, amaze, a few moves, you know, uh, have some some sway, you know, some influence some pull uh, with God. Deacon Stephen, uh, like you and I, had a determination to please God and to help others along the way. Uh, there's no greater uh, joy than participating in something that uh, someone else will benefit from. It feels good to help somebody. It feels good to to lend a hand. It feels good to to just give somebody, you know, you, you stop in, at, at Carl's Jr. and you pick up uh uh, a monster biscuit sandwich and it's two for for four dollars it feels good to have one and to give that other one to someone else uh, that would enjoy it as well uh, when you're when you have uh, buy that new pair of sneakers you know I'm not talking you know we buy we buy shoes before they've even worn out they don't have holes in them we just see a pair of shoes and, and we want to buy some new sneakers Well, take your other sneakers and put them in your car and give them to somebody that need them. Don't wait for them to become uh, detestable objects. But, uh, you know, uh, give something to someone just because, you know, you see a need of someone. You you have an extra jacket. Give them a jacket. Buy. You know, I thank God because I told told my uh, children one day, I said, listen, just buy a, a, a package of socks. And when you see, you know, that female that have a need, help her out, you know, uh, you see that brother with a need, help them out. And they listened to that and they did that, you know, and we still do that um, to help somebody out. There's no greater thing. You know, our first responders, those that are righteous, are helping people. Servants of all types, doctors and lawyers, you know, that are righteous, are are helping people. And so we, we thank God for them. And uh, they have given themselves as you have given yourself to helping someone else. Your testimony is a help to someone else. You know, I was sharing with a young man that that was just about to put a needle in his arm, you know, that how the deliverance of God. You know, uh, everybody don't have this testimony, but some of us do uh, about being sober, uh, you know, and, and sober for 30 and 40 years because god intervention you know we were functioning what you call a functioning dependent Uh, and so we went to work Uh, we we functioned with our family and everything but we were dependent upon a certain substance and so you know but god delivered us and brought us out and we can share that testimony at the appropriate time with somebody else and so you know we're passionate about certain things when it comes to helping and we should be passionate as passionate about God as we are about uh, some of the things that we are interested in. You know, one of the saints is a worker's comp supervisor. And when I listen to them talk, I hear the passion in their voice about what they're doing. And, you know, professional athletes are, and those that are inspiring to be athletes, you know, as a, as a profession are very passionate. And so they, they go through the sacrifice that it takes to be that. And we should do the same for God so just like you want to impress on your job we want to impress god you know and so at the end of the day when all is said and done is our passion as great for god as it is for the things in this life uh, and so uh, uh, our, our passion should be so great you know there are many uh, scales and levels to helping our brothers and sisters and the bible speaks to those things but, you know, we want to make sure that as we do those things, we are doing it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. Now, God is all about our, our passion and we should be as passionate for him as he is for us. The Bible tells us in Exodus, the 22nd chapter it said, "Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. And so uh, we know that God's passion and how we think about helping Others should include widows and children. And Psalm 68 says, a father, uh, a fa- He is a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows. Uh, he is God in his holy habitation. Isaiah 1 and 17 says, uh, Learn you to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. And so uh, this sums up a few, only a few verses. And I believe you get the picture that God is concerned about you and those suffering loss. And, and uh, you know, I'm reminded uh, that someone said, don't a matter of fact, it was Dr. H.L. Boston said, don't be selfish in your prayers. When we pray, we should be praying for others. We should be praying for somebody else. You know, and I'm, I'm a strong believer that you will reap what you sow, that if you pray for somebody else, uh, someone is praying for you. Uh, that that cycle and how God is, has has proclaimed it in His Word, you're going to be a recipient. You're going to benefit from what you're doing and how it's impacting others. You know, uh, the Bible says that uh, Deacon Philip. He was one of the deacons that that he had witnessed to the um, to the uh, servant of the Queen uh, of Ethiopia, and he was caught away. And as he was caught away, they found him in another place. And I believe that if you're seeking God and you're seeking to do the will of God, that you may wake up and find find that you've been somewhere ministering to somebody. You could be on another continent ministering to somebody and you will hear you will feel you will be told by the the spirit of the Lord or the angel that is accompanying you. That it's time to return. It's time to go back. And you will depart and come back to where you were. Uh huh. Mm hmm. That's Bible. Yes, it is. And so listen, uh, when you line up with, my God, bless you, Lord Jesus, when you line up with the Word of God, those things uh, happen. And it's not something that you will to happen, it's something that God finds within you, within your spirit, that He's able to use you at that moment to propel you into that place to take you around the world to minister to someone else. We read about it through the scripture that we are encamped about with a great cloud of witness. Where do you think those witnesses come from? Those are not just witnesses of your neighbor. Those are uh, servants of the Lord that could exist. Uh, and some exist on different places that God used them as he used Deacon Philip and sent him on a journey. And he was not seen by that servant any longer because God had transformed. Transported him to another place. We're talking about impressing God here, and so let me be perfectly clear about something. That when, we, when impressing God, I'm not talking about uh, impressing God to earn His love. You'll never impress God to earn His love. Because all our righteousness is as filthy rags. God loved us before we were conceived in our mother's womb. Uh, The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world. And when you look at that, you find John on the Isle of Patmos and the Bible says that he had in, in all the visions that he saw, he saw a lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world, before Adam sinned, before Eve got out the will of God, and uh, before the serpent uh, brought and had the conversation. Before she entertained a conversation, you know that gets us in trouble. And, and I'm not going to spend time there. But when we're entertaining conversations, ladies, men. Uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, when we're in a conversations with entertaining conversations with people that we should not be, we will find ourselves in trouble. And, and so, way before any of that occurred, uh, there the Lamb had been slain before the foundation of the world. And so, you'll never earn His love because He already have loved you. And, and so, uh, we're talking about uh, we're not talking about fighting for position when we impress God, but. Uh, We're talking about just being his children and we're just talking about standing up for what is right. We're talking about uh, we're not talking about uh, uh, the stuff that we've learned as children. We're not talking about uh, what we have learned on social media or social forums, you know, about uh, being impressive. But we're talking about just being the person that God has called us to be in these last days, in these evil times. And and so uh, when we impress God. We have to get rid of habitual thinking. You know, habitual thinking is largely the result of memes, something that's been planted in our uh, conscious or our subconsciousness. You know, the element of a culture or a system of behavior that has been passed from one individual to another uh, by non generic means. And and so, imitations and different things that we see that has now attached itself to us and is trying to blossom, uh, and it's like a virus, it copies itself. And then it infiltrates and it spreads when and whenever possible. You know, but understand there is a bomb. There is a healing factor that God has and a healing ointment, something that mitigates and soothes the pain when exposed to those different means. We've all been exposed to these things. However, uh, the word of God comes. uh, The Bible says in Psalms, uh, Psalms 107 and 20, he said he sent his word. And he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. That's why we're praying and asking God even today and every day, Lord, send your word. Lord, we need to hear from heaven. We need to hear your word, Lord God. We need to hear what you have to say about every situation. In our homes, we need to hear about it. And on the job, we need to hear what you have to say. Uh, when we're out in recreation, and we need to hear what you have to say. That's why the Psalm, David said, Lord, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's always a possibility of me getting out the, uh, the will of God. But if I put a governor there, the word of God is a governor. And when the word of God is allowed to govern our hearts, you will impress God. When the Word of God is allowed to, to establish our going, our going in, our, going, our coming in, our going out, when the Word of God is allowed to, to have free course in our lives, to have precedence over us, then we will impress God. When we do the things as directed and instructed by the Word of God, we will find a better quality of life. When we're in our homes on the job, listen, let me let me clarify something again. It doesn't mean that persecution won't come, but within our system, within our bodies, our system, our temple, within our temple, the temple of witness, we will witness the peace of God. We will witness the righteousness of God. We will witness the power of God working on the inside. Listen, understand something here that it doesn't matter how many waves beat against the ship. The water is out there surrounding the ship. The turbulent is out there surrounding the ship. As long as you do not allow the water to get inside the ship, you're safe. As long as you do not allow the water and what's on the outside to come on the inside, you won't sink. Bless your Lord God. And so we want to impress God. That's the most important thing. Impress God. If you don't get nothing else out of what is being said, remember those two words. Impress God. The habitual thinking, the healing ointment of God's word comes and it heals us and it delivers us from the destruction that we would bring upon ourselves, the destruction that others would bring, the destruction that the enemy, the one that's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, he would bring God's word will and can and will protect us. With the medicine, there is a hidden instruction. Excuse me. With the medicine, there is an instruction. It's not hidden. Uh, The instructions that we see over in John 5 and 14. Afterwards, Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole. Listen, the word of God comes. Uh, Here it is, June 14th, 2020. The word of God has come. You've heard the word of God. You're you're listening to it right now. You're listening to it maybe days later. Uh, You're listening to it and and you you heard the minister say, impress God. You've heard it uh, repeatedly, impress God. Uh, uh, You know, the word of God, the the scripture that that has been exhorted and the many words that are being used to say, save yourself from this untorn generation. Those words. And and, and so uh, the man that was healed by the Lord is now in the temple. And the Bible says that the Lord reminded him, you're made whole. I made you whole. God has made you whole. You are whole. Even at this moment, while you're listening, wherever you are car preparing for service uh, in service, uh, you know, in, in this service. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, that that. God, the word of God makes you whole at this moment when everyone is on one accord. You're in a whole place. You're whole right now at this moment. And so you're in this moment. That's the most important thing. When you're in the service of God, you want to be in the moment. You want to stay right there. Don't allow anything to distract your mind and pull you away so that you can receive and obtain from God. The Lord said thou are made whole and he gives these instructions. Sin no more. So when we receive the word of God, the healing word, the deliverance from God that, that saves us from destruction, that brings us up, that that erases, that removes the memes, that help us to overcome the world, that overcome the evil with good, to help us overcome the things that we learned as a child, that attached itself to us, the things that we picked up from our friends, the things that, that has come through the media, the things that we have uh, been exposed to. And the word of God comes and washes us and cleanses us and makes us whole bless your Lord God. The Lord says, sin no more. Don't go back to that thing. Least a worse thing come upon you. Going back to that thing is going to produce a negative result. It's not going to be positive. It's not going to be good. Matter of fact, it's going to be ugly. We have to be willing to let go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. We might think we're in a good place and it comes over time. Listen, let, let me, let me, let me say this. We're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. We're not accomplishing a life-saving experience in a few in a few strides. This is something that takes time. It's every day that you open your eyes up, you have to make up in your mind, I'm doing this because it's right to do. I'm not doing it because I feel like doing it because feelings that energy, that emotion emotions in motion Uh, feelings that we get, you know, and feeling some type of way, which is a bunch of mixed emotions. Will mislead us. So I'm doing it because it's right to do. I might feel not feel like going to work, but I know it's right to go to work. And so I get up and I go. I want to be right with God. So I have to do what is right in his sight. Whether I feel like it or not, you know, you ever been in a situation and I'm sure that some of you have that you wanted to say something, but you held your tongue, and it worked out on your behalf because you did not say anything. The truth was like an air bubble. It came up and you didn't have to defend yourself. There are times that you need to open your mouth and there are times that you need to keep it quiet. Go and sin no more. That was the instructions. We have to be willing to go and to sin no more. We can't blame anyone else for sin. We can't blame anyone for deficiencies and conditions of life. When you know that it was brought about by your own indiscretions. You know, I I look at life and I look at situation. I look at things, you know, I'm just talking about me. I, I deal with me. You know, I deal with myself and I look at things that I could have done better. I look at things that I could have turned right and and, but I turned left. You know, I could have ran and but I decided to walk, you know, and so I missed out on something. You know, if you're going to miss anything, miss the bus, miss the train, miss the plane, but don't miss out on what God has for you. The indiscretions brought about the thing and I have to look and say it was me. Uh, you know, we're responsible for washing our own face. You can't, I can't. You know, as a child, you wash your children's face, but as they get older, you you make them responsible. You taught them what to do and how to do it, and you expect them to do that. God expects us to do the same. He's taught us. He's brought us up to a certain point. It comes a time in life that you have to say, "Look, you know what." I know what's right to do, and I'm going to do what's right. I know what's right to say, and I'm going to say what's right. I know how to act. You know, when we talk about being an adult, we're talking about that I know how to make good judgment. I'm not talking about my physical appearance because uh, my physical appearance don't make me an adult. It doesn't make me mature. Your physical appearance don't mean that you're an actual, you know, we, we call people ladies and gentlemen. You know, we give them that respect. But let's look at the mental side of things. Let's look at the spiritual side of things. Am I in the right place mentally? Am I in the right place spiritually? Where am I at? What am I doing? We have the ability. It's sin is within our control to sin or not. to sin is something that we control. The devil does not make us do it. Many flip Wilson many years ago and, you know, those those old sitcoms and stuff uh, talking about the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make it was in your heart. The Bible says that that a man is drawn away by his own lust. And then it brings forth sin and that sin brings forth death. You know, so it's within us and we have to look at what's in us and get rid of it. We have to cleanse it. We have to wash it. You know, during this pandemic, they say wash your hands, but we can't say it enough. Wash your heart. Also, your heart needs to be washed and it cannot be washed without the how. How shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed to the word of God? We must take heed to the word of God. Thou art made whole, sin no more. At least a worse thing come upon. We have to be willing to let go of the sin. As parents, many have been hypocritical because we teach the principle to our children while violating the rules ourselves. Let me say that again. Let me close my eyes on that. Parents have been hypocritical because we tell our children what to do and what not to do, and then we don't follow the same rules. We need to repent. If you haven't already repented, you need to repent and get things right. We don't tell our children, don't teach your child one thing, and then they catch you doing something else. You're going to damage them. And and so uh, we need to impress God by taking responsibility of our life's condition. It doesn't mean we're not impacted by... The the different things that others do but I'm talking about those things that are that are within your own control the things that you can govern the things that you can do yourself and while it can and help your buddy do the same help somebody else do the same you can help someone along the way and that's what we're supposed to be doing helping someone else along the way Proverbs 27 and 17 says iron sharpens iron so a man sharpening the continents of his friends. Are you helping your friend? Are you helping somebody else along the way? Are you helping a stranger? Are you helping somebody? We're responsible for the current situations of our own bodies, not dryers, ice cream, dryers didn't didn't call. Uh uh-uh, uh You did that. You picked up the spoon. You ate it. You picked up the cookies. You ate them. You picked up the whatever it was. You did that, and so. It's going to take. We must be willing to let those things go. Hebrews 12 and one says, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with a great cloud of witness, lay aside every weight and sin, which doeth so easily beset us and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us don't play games. I'm not just talking about the covenant. Uh, The convenient weight and sin. You know, we talk about weight and sin. We think about the thing. But deep down, we know what we have to lose. We know what we have to let go of in order to make ourselves light for the flight, in order to make ourselves lighter to run the waste. You know, when we run a race, you know, we change clothes. We we were balling yesterday. And, um, you know, I I think I gave them no. I don't just think I know that that I didn't play my, my hardest, but I was challenging enough that they broke a sweat. And so but in in the process, (laughs) in 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 the process of playing or before we even got on the court, you know, we all changed and put on some clothes that was lighter and more appropriate for for balling. You know, we weren't out there trying to play in some Levi's. We We're not there playing in, in, in slacks and stuff. But we put on something that was light, something that we could run around in, something that we fell on the ground and you know wouldn't matter be, uh, because you know we put on the right shoes. And nobody had on those Stacy Adams or, or no Gators or anything like that. But we had on the right shoes for uh, for for balling and and you know we went at it. You know, and so uh, as I said, it was a, it was a tough game They barely barely won uh by just a, a point or two but you know nonetheless they won but listen we put on the right clothes for the right thing purpose and so we gird ourselves even for and, and for God we gird ourselves accordingly uh, for the word of God and, and so uh, we don't play the games that we used to play uh, and I'm I'm We lay aside the weight and sin, that stuff that impacts our life, the stuff that you cringe when you think about it. when you think about letting something go and deep down inside, you feel that little cringe. that say, well, I really don't want to do that. That's the thing you need to let go. That's that's it. That's the thing you have to let go of. And we can't make excuses when the gospel comes down our street. We can't make when the street sweeper come to clean up. We can't make excuses and, and say, no, 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 not today. You must be willing to let go, to sacrifice it today. Spiritual maturity, immaturity dwarfs uh, uh, our, when our ego, when our ego is not in check, it dwarfs spiritual maturity. And the unwillingness to let go of those things, you'll never be heaven bound because the weight and the sin, you're wearing the weight and you're wearing the sin as jewelry. Impressing God means that you're, going to, that you're willing to hold the vision that God gives you. When the vehicle that inspires you hit the bumps in the road and the potholes, you don't stop the car and look for an alternate route, but you maintain. You learn how to avoid the bumps. You learn that when there's a bump, you know how to take it easy. When, when there's a pothole, you know uh, how to maneuver the vehicle because you're maturing now. You don't just speed over. You know, when we're young, we just speed down the highway. You know, we don't really pay attention to the vehicle. We feel we can take it. We feel we can handle it. You know, we almost act like we're, 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 we're uh, you know, nothing can happen to us. But as we mature, we realize and understand that that you know that vehicle is delicate, and so the vision that God gives you, the thing that God puts in your heart, is delicate, and we have to have to move that accordingly, and transport and drive very carefully. Holding the vision involves the willingness. Uh, have, we have to have an unwillingness to compromise any longer. We can't be willing to compromise anything, but and to suffer through this criticism. And what appears to be uncooperative allies, those that say they would work with you. But then when the going gets tough, they got going, you know. And so the Bible tells us over in Matthews, Matthews, the 24th chapter, uh, beginning at the 39th verse, it says, And when they had uh, passed by, reviled him, wagging their heads. You know, when you have a vision and you're holding on to what God is saying, uh, people will pass by. you; They will wag their heads at you. And some will even mock you saying that uh, thou that destroy you say you're going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. If you be the son of God, if God is really with you come down from off the cross, you know, don't go through the suffering and the things that that's coming across your way. And this is what Deacon Stevens was dealing with. Likewise, also the chief priest was mocking him. Those that said they knew the word of God, those that said they believe, you know, there are those that say they believe those that say they're saved. And, and, you know, but yet they don't they won't they don't don't look for them to support your vision. Don't look for them to be with you and give you a pat on the back. They pat on the back is very light because they're all about whatever they're into at that moment. Like the chief and the, uh, the, the chief priest in them who was mocking Jesus. You have to hold on and know for yourself when God has given you a vision, you're to be excited about what God is telling you. You're to obey what God is telling you. Don't look for no one else to obey and be as excited about what God is saying as you are. That impresses God. He saved others himself. He cannot save. if he be the king of Israel, let him come down off the cross and will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will. Hmm, the thieves also mocked him. But the Bible tells us that, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside the weight and sin which do so easily set us and let us run the race with patience. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, hmm, or you'll become weary in your mind. For the joy that was set before him. Listen, you have to look at the joy, the end result of everything. What's gonna be an end result? If you don't look at the end result, you'll stop making a sacrifice. You have to understand that a sacrifice has a reward no sacrifice no reward you have to look at the reward to endure the sacrifice that you're making or you'll drop out of college if you don't look at the the reward at the end or the pot at the end of the rainbow as they sort of say you know you'll let people run you off the job you'll let people stop you and uh, you know and, and and mess up the pace that you had you'll give up the vision that God has placed in front of you and you'll stop even saving yourself uh, why do you go to church? Uh, why are you seeking God? why are you reading that Bible? why are you doing this and why are you doing that? why is it God is on your mind uh, you'll let people stop you from seeking God uh, when you uh, when you take your eyes off the reward the Bible said that David uh, that David uh, looked around himself and he looked at how the, the wicked he said the wicked was springing up. And they were prospering like a green-baked tree. And he became jealous. He became envious. He said, my foot almost slipped. But then I went into the church. I went into the house of God. And I remembered their end. I remembered the end result of those that don't seek God. I remembered the end result of those that don't impress God. I remembered the end result of those that, that are gathering all the riches and they look like they're doing well right now. But at the end of the day, that means very little to God. And I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord rather than in the tents of the wicked. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord rather than in places where people are not interested in impressing God. Uh, only when God, something terrible happens that they might remember the Lord. But I want to remember him every day. I want to impress God. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. And, and so we have to be mindful of these things. The Bible uh, lets us know to be mindful of this. I learned that we need to change. You need to change the the mindset that you have. You know, in our minds, there is a projector. There's a projector, you know, like the big screen, the projector that's behind me. You know, there's a projector uh, in our mind that that there's something that keeps playing. It keeps running in our mind. It keeps playing reruns of failure to launch. It keeps playing a rerun of mistakes were made. You know, these are actual movies, but these are actual things that happen in our lives, And these are actual things that we deal with. You know, when there was a failure to launch, when I didn't do it at the right time, you know, when I made excuses and I missed out or when I made the mistake. And now I'm dealing with the consequences of it. And, you know, it keeps playing in our mind and it keeps playing in our mind over and over again. You know, then there's the critics like Rotten Tomatoes that always have something to say about us. Uh, like the thief on the cross. Uh, we need to understand, uh, you know, the thief. on the, There was two thieves on the cross, but uh, one of them, uh, both of them had made mistakes. Both of them were failure to lie. Uh, but one of them said something to the Lord. Mm. Somebody said something. Bless your Lord Jesus. One of them said something unto the Lord. and And I'm paraphrasing this. But God said, I can work with that. You know, we have to be willing when we're willing to be like the thief on the cross and we can give God something to work with. We need to give him something to work with. God says, if you're willing, I'm willing. Give God something to work with. Not like the certain uh, those of the the synagogues, those that were following the tradition, uh, the libertines, the Cyrenians, uh, the Alexandrians and the Cilicia and the Asians and those that were disputing with Stephen. Whom he referred to as stiff necked, uncircumcised in heart, wolves in sheep clothing, those that were resisting the Holy Ghost, those that were betrayers and murderers of the vision of God, who received the law by the dispensation of angels, but refused to keep God's word. Are you, I believe that you are today, that you're willing, that you are willing, and that you're saying, Yes, Lord, I'm willing. And God is saying, That impresses me. That impresses God when we have a willing heart. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind down with this. But the Bible says, "Come, let us reason together." When we come to the table of reasoning with God, and we sit down, it impresses God. That impresses Him. Not that He has to be impressed, because He's God. But the Bible says that. The angels, a certain one in a certain place, and said, What a man! What is man that thou art mine for him, or the son of man that you would visit him? Ministers, let's impress God. I'm often questioned about my tenacity, my commitment to the ministry. It's because God has entrusted me with a little, with just a little piece of his coloring book. God has entrusted me with just a little piece of his color and book. Sometimes I don't know what color to use. And so I have to ask God. I don't always know the the right thing to do. We're talking about God's will. And so therefore we have to seek God to ask him those things. And when I seek him, I don't always get an answer from him. I'm like you. God, we're not always here. We're dependent upon God's word. And so I read his word and to seek him and to listen tentatively for his voice. But one thing for sure is I know that God hears me when I pray. One thing for sure is I know that God hears what I'm saying. So God tells you, listen, ministers, servants of the Lord, God says, walk north, follow this straight path, And so you're following this path. He didn't say, go to the right, go to the left. He didn't say, take your hand off the gospel plow. He didn't say any of those things. So your responsibility, my responsibility, our responsibility is to follow the path north. Even when we don't understand, why am I following? What am I? God said, do that. And so when I don't know what color to use on this little piece of the coloring book that God has given me, I do know that I have to follow the pattern, connect the dots, and stay between the lines. Listen, if you're in the Southern California area and looking for a church home, we want to welcome you to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Again, it's 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Southern California is where we are. I thank God because I see the, uh, some of our, our listeners that are also in the Bay Area. And I often wonder, you know, are these, uh, some of the ones that I'm seeing are, are of maybe the fellowship that we used to be part of under the leadership of Dr. H.L. Bostick. You know, you wonder and you're looking to bless you, Jesus. To see and to hear from others. But just want to encourage you that if you're seeking, you're seeking a church home or stop in and visit us just to say hello. You know, you know that we're We're a Bible believing church from Genesis to Revelation, you know, and and certainly uh, we love to have you, your family to help us to lift Jesus higher. You know, this is Pastor Carl Henderson. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer, you know, because as I said earlier, prayer is essential for all of us. You know, we talk about impressing God and I want to give you this before we go into prayer. But the Bible tells us that that Jesus or God, and He was speaking to Ezekiel, He said, Noah, Daniel, and Job stood before Me, and He told Jeremiah, If Moses or Samuel stood before Me, you know, in other words, these men impressed Me. They impressed Me because they were obedient. They were not willing to change or compromise. Let's not be willing to change. Let's not be willing to compromise our walk with the Lord. Bless you, Jesus bless you lord god father in the name of jesus we thank you for your words your exhortation this morning lord god and we just pray and ask that our listeners those that are present in the sanctuary lord god and lord god and those that are on their way lord jesus bless them give them your guidance lord god throughout this day lord god in as many days that you should give them oh bless you lord god keep our minds stayed on you lord god so we have peace lord jesus but we also want to be led of you lord god and how to help others lord jesus and to do your will in the name of jesus lord god guide us lord god lead us lord god in your service lord jesus and surrendering ourselves unto you lord god and that's that's just what we want to do is surrender ourselves unto you lord jesus and we'll be careful to give your name the praise lord god and to give you the glory lord god and we'll pray and ask that you would bless Lord Jesus, those that are uh, that are uh, seeking a church home, Lord God, Lord Jesus, uh, to establish them, plant them, Lord God, in a place that will feed them and nurture their souls. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. We'll be back again on Tuesday night for our Tuesday Bible class inside the pages of the Ezekiel as Ezekiel labors in the word of God. And I want you to understand Ezekiel is laboring to bring about to usher the people into a blessed place you you can't get into the blessing without preparing first as someone once said preparation exceeds the blessing God bless you and we'll look for you soon